Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale, and in this week's episode, I am talking with David from the Peach Tree Sandwich Company. You know, I'm really happy to have had David on the podcast, and I'm doing my best not to say excited because I say excited for every single episode that we put out, but I'm really happy to have been able to sit down and talk with David. Uh, I've been to the Peachtree Sandwich Company a couple times, love their chicken sandwich, love, love, love that chicken sandwich. It's, it's in my opinion, the best right now in town. And, well, I just love seeing new restaurants that open up and being able to follow them and see what they're doing, see how they run their social, see how their business does, see how the reviews, and then just see as they how they evolve. And when I worked at Gerhar's Restaurant uh, Equipment Supply Company, uh, I was fortunate enough to have met David there and and produce a podcast for Gerhars that David was on. So I've been able to kind of see a little bit more closely the evolution of his restaurant. And I just think it's it's really great to have someone local open up a small restaurant here in town and have them run it. And it looks like it feels like uh, it feels like a local spot, but I can just tell, and you'll be able to tell, I think, from listening to David talk, you can tell that he runs it like a big business. And I mean that as in the most sincerest compliment ever, because I, I just love watching the, their restaurant uh, do its thing. And so I hope that after listening to this podcast, which I had a great time talking with them on, but I hope that you go out to DeWitt and check them out. And uh, they're a great, 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 great little spot to go get some lunch from. Well, t- you know, today's, uh, what is today? Today's March 6th, and it's Green Beer Sunday. It's gorgeous out. It's like 55, 60 degrees outside. The sun is shining. Uh, it feels like things are beginning to change in the area. And, I, you know, over the past week, two weeks, I've heard of a lot of new restaurant projects that are getting ready to uh, to come to light here in, in central New York over the course of the next few months, five, six months. And it's really exciting you know, I think while I was spending the last two months complaining about how dead our area was for food and for ideas, that others were just building things. Because that's, from all the new projects that I've heard of, it really seems like that. You know, one of them is uh, a friend of mine, Kyle, over at the Mastro Restaurant Group. You know, they own Kasai and they own Danny Steaks, and he's opening the Tap House on Walton and the Tap House Bread Company. And now he's getting ready to launch Desir Algo, which is a ghost kitchen uh, taco joint. I was fortunate enough to do the photography for their pictures for their new for their menu uh, a couple weeks ago, and got to eat the tacos. The benefit of being a food photographer is that you get to eat the food that you photograph. And uh, I can legitimately say, with no bias whatsoever that these are the best tacos I've had in Syracuse without question. I mean, these things are just beyond legit. And so I'm really excited for them to open. And, yeah, there's just a bunch of cool projects going on that I'm not going to mention because I don't think that they're supposed to be public just yet. But there's a lot of cool stuff coming to Syracuse, and uh, and I can't wait for it all to come out and for everybody to to see really how our city is going to respond to these new concepts. So it's going to be really fun. Uh, I also I do want to take a moment and just announce that we are are, are going to be um, hosting a bar crawl in Syracuse on April sixteenth. It's a Saturday, April sixteenth. It's from two to five, well two to seven, two to eight p.m. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a sangria bar crawl 
and we're going to be hitting, hitting up six different restaurants and bars in the area, all making their own sangria. And uh, it's going to uh, all end with a party over at the rail line where we're going to have live music, dinner uh, catered by Limp Lizard Barbecue. We're going to be giving away a bunch of prizes. Um, it's just going to be a great time. I can't wait for this one. You can head to eatlocalnewyork.com and buy your tickets. They're 35 bucks. That gets you entrance into the bar crawl. It gets you really, really, really discounted uh, drink prices, sangria prices at all of the bars that are participating, where they're only going to be like two, three, four dollars a piece. And uh, and then it gets you access to the to the party at the end at the rail line, where we're going to have complimentary dinner provided by Limp Lizard Barbecue. There's going to be a cash bar. There's going to be live music, and then we're going to start giving away a bunch of different stuff. I mean, hundred dollar restaurant gift card packs and merchandise and uh oh and and each ticket comes with a free eat local new york card so 35 dollars, you get a free eat local new york card you get dinner from limp lizard barbecue access to the party with live music cash bar and uh two three four dollar sangrias at different bars around town so it's gonna be a great time head over to eatlocalnewyork.com today buy your ticket 35 dollars on the website 35 dollars in person at limp lizard on Onondaga Boulevard, or $40 the day of the event. So head over there, get your ticket. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, without further ado, let's get into this week's episode, my conversation with David from the Peach Tree Sandwich Company. So how's everything going? You uh, own Peachtree Sandwich Company. That's right. Yep. That's right. Right in the heart of DeWitt, yeah. as we call it. <laughs> uh, yeah, things are going well. I don't know. Um, How long has it been? Six months? Seven? It's No, it's been about 10 months now. Wow. So we're coming up on a year in March. And um, yeah, I don't know. Things are going well. I, I think uh, the grand plan... Well, I mean, I, I have a feeling any restaurant owner you bring on here... Mm-hmm will tell you that they had a plan that they started out with <laughs> and then it just completely turns upside down. And then yeah. all you're doing every single day is trying to adjust and modify. Mm-hmm. Um, so the plan, uh, but so far the plan is kind of going okay. Yeah. Uh, the biggest plan was to make sure that people uh, enjoyed the food mm-hmm. that we gave really good hospitality and service. And, um, and the plan was to kind of just have like a slow burn of promotion. People slowly kind of find out who we are and, and kind of give ourselves some time to, to figure out our own way. Yeah. And so I, I think we've done that to a certain extent. Um, people seem to like the food. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like our hospitality that we offer, I think that's, that's, that's pretty spot on. That I'm very happy where that's ended up. And... Um, you know, slowly like doing stuff like this, but also, you know, just kind of word of mouth and, and things. We see that our, our reach is kind of getting a little wider and wider every month. Yeah. Um, so in, with that in, in mind, I think things are going well. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, would, I would love to, you know, have a, sales go up, costs go down. I mean, those are ideal situations, but, you know, that's things you got to learn as you go. Yeah. It's, uh, 
it's wild. I, you know, we were, I was, we had, uh, I don't know if you know Bud Lore at all. Have you ever, ever heard of Bud? So no, no. Bud owns a business called Restaurant QB. Okay. And uh, essentially it's like, you know, somebody says, I know a guy. Well, Bud is the guy for the restaurant industry. Okay. Um, is he, he's local? Yeah. He's, he's really based in Syracuse uh, or based in central New York. So uh, do you ever, did you ever hear a dining alliance back in the day? I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. So Bud essentially built dining alliance all over the Northeast for like 20 years or Whoa. something. And he was one of the first people that ever started to work there, built it up like crazy. And it's then, like a consulting type thing, right? That kind of helps you. Yeah, kind of. It's like uh, it's basically a rebate program for your wholesale. So, okay. you know, they work with these like like, for example, they work with Johnson or Johnston paper and Gerhard's paper for paper. So, um, you know, if you're not, if you're buying from Johnson, you can't get a big enough order. or They don't have the product or whatever the case is. He takes you over to Gerhars, and then he has some. He'll negotiate some sort of a deal, you know, with Gerhars. So it's like, hey, if you buy through through Bud, you'll save a couple percent, whatever the case is. It's not uh, Dining Alliance. I think back in the day, Dining Alliance was more at the end of the year. You got a rebate. The cons- you, the restaurant owner, got a rebate check back um, at the end of the year for five percent or three percent or whatever you bought. He does. It's not like that anymore. It's just he's worked out contracts or deals with all these different suppliers. Um, Bud and I have been talking, we just had him on the podcast. We were talking a lot about pricing and wholesale pricing. And the week before that, I had a, um, JFS rep, uh, Chris on who's, we were talking about chicken pricing of all, you know, and how much that's been going up and down like crazy lately. And that seems like a nightmare for a restaurant owner. It's, it's tough. I I feel for the distributors too, because their hands sometimes are tied as well with it. Mm. I mean, I feel for them a little bit, but in the end, they're, they're fleecing us to a certain extent. But the, um, yeah, it's hard. I, I think that the biggest part about, you know, for me, it's cost. For the distributor, it's price. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, the cost of things fluctuating, you always assume they're going to fluctuate to a certain extent, right? Mm-hmm. As an owner, I'm like, okay, uh, I want my food cost, let's say, for example, I own a steakhouse, and I want my food cost to be 35%. It can't go over 35%. That's how I break even. That's what I need. Mm-hmm. And then, so like, um, you know, the, the, the steak I have, like I have a nice uh, Wagyu steak and, and that's, and it's, it costs me a certain amount. Now it, the, the price has gone up a third. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what do you do as an owner? Right. Right. Like there's certain things you can do. Yeah. I mean, there's only a few things, but it's like, okay, I could raise my price. Right. And, and, and maybe some, and then I sell less of them. Um, I could lower my portion. So maybe I make a little bit more off of it than I was, or I could, uh, or I could look to save in other areas and not do my price. But I think like these things, what they're forcing us as owners to do is to, it's, it's interesting. I think one thing that's forcing us to do is a lot of restaurants are now transparent mm-hmm. about what they're doing, like on Instagram. Yeah. It's like, hi, the price of my brisket sandwich has gone up a dollar because as you know, prices are going up and people yeah. are like, so I just tell people like, I don't know what to tell you. It's going to cost a certain thing. Have you made um, that post? No, okay. <laughs> I've thought about it. I've seen other people do it and yeah. I'm kind of still wondering whether or not it's something that's like, you know, whether it's beneficial. I think it is though to a certain extent, because when I read that as a restaurant owner, mm-hmm. my heart goes out to that guy and I'm like, man, okay. So you, you really want this sandwich or this, this dish to do well. Yeah. You're going to raise the price and hopefully it doesn't affect the volume and the frequency. But the problem is that I have a feeling 
a lot of people, and in Syracuse, some people can be really price sensitive. And if you're really price sensitive mm-hmm. and you come in and you go, why is that a dollar more than it was before or $5 more, whatever it is, you might be like, I'm not buying that. And mm-hmm. you might lose that person's business. And I, so I think when you're transparent about it, that that helps. But the other thing that it forces you to do is you have to make a decision on, on indirectly from the cost of, so that, that Wagyu steak going up, it's going to maybe now your one of your full-timers has to become a part-timer, Yeah, which is so hard because no one does that. Like no full-timer is like, eh, I'll just work half the time. Like, no, it's like, then you're going to lose that person. Right. Mm-hmm. So maybe you lose a full-timer because of it or indirectly you have to take a look and it's like, Oh man, we've been, you know, I need to get a new air conditioner because it was so hot in the restaurant last year. It's mm-hmm. like, Oh, well, not this year because I got to pay more for this thing. Right. It's tough. So, I mean, you see, like, you don't, like, as a, a consumer, I don't really see it as much. Yeah. Other than just, like, what the hell? Why the hell are they raising the price on this? You know, it was so, or, like, did you notice that it's small now? Like, you right. know, it used to be great and big. And it's like, well, times are tough now. I mean, not only is the cost of the way you stay going up, but now it's like, I you know, you got to pay people more to stay because it's hard to find really good workers. I mean, and it, I'm not going to like sit there. I, I, what I don't like is when restaurants are like, uh, labor shortage, you know, that's what's prop, you know, it's like, yeah. no, if you, I feel like certain extent that it's true, but other extents, like you gotta, you gotta treat people well, or they just, it's, it's very simple. It's right. like people want to be paid more. They want to be treated better. Yeah. And so you do that and hopefully you get less turnover and then you don't have the cost of turnover and then you can focus your, stuff on other thing than hiring and recruiting because hiring recruiting, you know, you lose two people. That is 80% of my day is, Hmm. is figuring out hiring and recruiting. And we're talking about maybe, you know, looking at another distributor to get my Wagyu steak. I mean, I don't have Wagyu steak in my restaurant for the listeners, but you know, maybe I should, but, um, you know, I take half of my day to try and talk to other distributors and see like, when do they deliver you know, what's the case size, what's the this and that, oh, you need a credit app, like all this stuff, and then, oh, I need to go on Indeed and start calling these people and interviewing these people and trying to find, make sure they come. Anyway, it's all crazy. It's not all doom and gloom, by the way. (laughs) Restaurants are fun. It's a crazy enterprise, but they're fun, and guess what? You know, it's like if you can succeed at operating a restaurant Mm – and if you can make a penny, <laughs> you know, just one penny, that to me, I'm like, God bless you. That's awesome. You did a great job because it's crazy. You yeah, know? It, it is. I um, more and more I've been hanging out with uh, uh, down at Kasai and yeah, like Kasai and Danny's. And it's cool because it's, you know, two separate buildings, two separate restaurants owned by the same person. But they're connected um, with like a little corridor for the bathroom. And then they're connected from the basement underneath. And it's really wild. There's a few times I've hung out there at night during service taking pictures and to see um, the the dynamic of just all of those people working together, especially with two restaurants. It's like it's an event. I liken it to working, like times that I've worked, like events for Eat Local or whatever the case was, but working like a festival, you know. It, it feels like that all the time, like every single day. And... I think that's a really interesting dynamic, but it, it also, I think, talking to a lot of restaurant owners, especially lately, they are um, burnt out, to say the very least. 
you know, it's, uh, it's amazing to, to see some of them. So like when you're talking about transparency and pricing, I think that's interesting. You know, I, there was, um, you ever see the documentary Supersize Me? Yeah. You see the second one he did? No, but I love him. I forgot his name, but he's awesome. Yeah. Is that, uh, Wyland? I forget his name. Um, uh, but he did a, he did a follow up to it where he opened up a fried chicken restaurant. And like a fast food restaurant. He opened it up. Yes. Wow. And I think it was in Columbus, Columbus or Dayton, Ohio. And the entire document, the whole, whole film started with him saying, this is what we're doing. And then it was following him throughout the whole process. Now, they hired like a PR marketing company out of like Madison Avenue, you know, paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to pick the colors and the logo and all that stuff. And he went as far as... Um, going to a chicken farm or to a farmer and hiring a farmer to raise. He bought he bought like a thousand baby chicks and hired this farmer to raise those baby chicks for him. To then <laughs> was you know, this all so. like like a, a ruse or yeah? Okay. Well, okay. he opened the restaurant up. I mean, they he, like, opened hired it up. People, they he hired cooks. staff. You know, whole thing. Okay. They had this restaurant open for one day, and. Um, the ruse was on the table tents and on like the writing, like the marketing on the wall. They had like this big message written and he would say like the table tent would say, um, uh, you probably really loved our logo. I don't know if you noticed that it was green and then it showed, you know, this, uh, that was actually all a marketing ploy because you know, the statistics show that con- that you're going to, uh, connect with the color green more than any other color. So he was like, Proving or disproving consumer behavior right. theory. Yes. Gotcha. But they used, they like, they did a lot of market research to use the words like fresh and um, Farm. free range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Smart. in the film, they, they were showing in order to use the word free range from FDA standards, the chicken, when it was being raised, only had to have access to like right, yeah. this much open That's air. That's free range, right? That yeah. meant free range. Like two two feet means right. free range, not like they're actually free. Yes. Range. Yeah. They took um, they took the the grilled chicken and painted with charcoal. Um, grill lines. Uh, yeah, grill lines. You know, so that way, and so, and, but the, he all the marketing around the restaurant said all of those things. It told mm-hmm. the truth of all those things. So it was pretty interesting. Um, That's cool. And, I'll check uh, it out. That's yeah, cool. it was a great little, great little movie, and uh, exposed obviously a lot in that side of the restaurant world. Well, you see that stuff though, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's tough because some people are able to be successful that way, and God mm. bless them. I mean, right. the idea behind a business is to make money, right? Right. I, I mean, I think there's a right way to run a business and a wrong way, and that's just my opinion. Yeah. Other people would be like, "There's no wrong way. If you're making money, it's successful business, right?" I mean, those are kind of changing. Yeah. At, at right now because and also I mean just the internet itself and I sound like an old guy I'm like the internet <laughs> uh, but honestly the fact that someone can go to my restaurant figure something out put it on and then people can comment on that all of a sudden now it makes me accountable and right. I think the accountability in a restaurant owner as a consumer I absolutely love it Yeah. Um, as an owner it scares me a little bit but I feel like if you have the right culture at your restaurant and your staff Everyone knows what they're there for. I, th- I think then the accountability is, is a good thing for me and my staff. Yeah. Um, because I think that I, I don't lie in anything that we do. Right. Um, you know, people come in, they're like, oh, you know, your brisket. And they're like, yeah, we smoke it for like 13 hours. Hmm. Like it's smoked brisket. Like, yeah. you know, we, we don't mess around. And 
They're like, oh, you ground your meat? Like, you know, we grind all of our meat. Like, mm. all of our meat for our burgers is ground. We do about three times a week. And I'll tell them, I'll be like, this meat was ground yesterday, just mm. so you know. It's fresh. It comes from a full brisket and a full chuck. Like, wow. this is what it is. But we say these things. I know for a fact other restaurants will say certain things like that. And it's not true. I just know yeah. it. You know, I mean, and, and it's fine. That's, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> some people, like my parents, who are just trustworthy old people, they'll be like, you know, they'll be like, well, they said that it was blah, blah. And I'm like, mom, no. You know, I mean, you start talking about the painted grill lines. Like you see it sometimes on like a chicken that you get right. somewhere where you're like, those aren't real. Like this isn't not real. Um, so hopefully the way that everyone is connected these days is like, it holds restaurants accountable because yeah. accountability helps the people who I feel like are actually doing it right. Yeah. Now I don't know though, if we are at a point yet where, you know, being accountable is going to translate into actual sales and money. Hey, if you didn't hear in the intro, make sure that you join us for the Sangria crawl happening April 16th, starting at 2 PM. It is the first ever Sangria crawl through downtown Syracuse. And we couldn't be more excited for it. We're even super excited about this party we're throwing at the rail line at the end with dinner from Limp Lizard Barbecue, live music, and a cash bar. Head to eatlocalnewyork.com. Get your tickets today for $35. And now, back to the episode. Yeah. Like, you know, because some people might be like, hey, Peachtree, that's awesome. They, uh, you know, I heard that uh, they make their own focaccia bread. That's right. cool. I don't know if that means they're like, I'm going to go all the way into DeWitt, find a parking spot. And get out of the car or, or, you know, go and order on, you know, online or whatever it is and have like, I don't know if that translates yet, yeah. but I think it's going in the right direction. I feel like corporate America is being held accountable for a lot of things. How many CEOs and how many people in positions of power now are becoming, uh, you know, we're finding things out about them. They're yeah. kind of, you know, I mean, I'm not like for like cancel culture or anything like that, but what I'm saying is that right. people who aren't doing it right are being kind of called out for it. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, I agree with that. I think, it's hard. I mean, uh, in terms of like in terms of uh, like where Syracuse eats on Facebook, mm-hmm. um, arguably get toxic. Though, right? Yeah, I would say like maybe one of the worst things like uh, I mean, as somebody who makes a living on social media, I think that social media is like the worst thing that's happened to. So how do we how do we how do we bridge that? then? We don't. How do we take the toxic <laughs> t- trolls, yeah. you know, those those trolls? Yeah. Who all they want to do is negative and stuff like that. And how do we take the people who honestly want to report right. something that could be good or bad? Or a lot of times, I mean, and let's be honest here. Most of the time, mm. unless you're at like the best restaurant, it's like it's 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 a, hopefully a lot of good. Yeah. And usually there's something that you could be like, meh. Could right. have been better. I mean, you go to like St. Urban, mm-hmm. my favorite restaurant in, in CNY, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know, have you been? To oh, yeah, yeah, I love it there. I mean, it's great. I my, Every month, I'm like, Holly, my wife Holly, I'm like, can we go? <laughs> and she's like, we just went. We need to make sure we <laughs> build up yeah. our funds again. <laughs> right. yeah. it, but it's so good. It's so worth it, in my opinion. Yeah. But I go there. Even there, sometimes, like, there might be one little dish where I'm like, mm. it was it was great. It wasn't, like, spectacular. Everything else is spectacular. Right. Um, I'm not going to go online. I, I'm not going to not be like, well, everything was great except the scallop was a little yeah, overcooked. For sure. Of course I'm not going to do that. But how do we get it to the point where we're holding people accountable? But like, and, I, and listen, the trolls have their, have their, you know, yeah, like they're there for a reason. I mean, it, it's kind of like the yin and the yang. Like you got to have maybe both sides, but how, how do you bridge that? You can't, it's hard. Well, because I mean, you do this for a living. Like, I, what do you do? Like, so 
There's a lot of things I want to say about that. All right. Um, you can't block them because then it's like well, censoring them, right? So I work for, you know, we do marketing for a lot of restaurants. And there are some who really, and, you know, a lot that we've had in the past, uh, who, like, I, I had a former client who failed their health inspection by such a large margin that they were ordered to shut down Ugh. operation immediately. They were open that night still serving dinner. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day. No one ever did anything about it. Um, so there are things like that that still happen, and that was not long yeah, ago. Because if they're shutting you down, yeah. I'm just telling you. Right. You're, you, that's bad shape. That's I mean, bad news. Yes, it's very there's, there's, bad. There's, I mean, there, there, I'm in the there's place. There's some bad stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I can't imagine. To sh- I've, nev- I've never seen that. Like, sh- it was They awful. were, like, ordered to be like, this is so bad. Like, me, like. Did they have zero refrigeration? Like what? What? what like it was. Actually, you I don't mean, have to say yeah, that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the grease buildup on like the side of the fryer was like two inches. Yeah. I mean, it just continued. There was a place downtown. I won't mention the name. They're out of business, but I won't mention the name. But I've been in there um, with a new owner who's completely renovating the place, and the amount of black mold that was it was just eating the drywall. I mean, their electrical box, there is so much dust and debris buildup, you could literally measure the thickness of it with a ruler. Wow. On the inside of the electrical box, um, the mold on the tap line, I mean, it was just, the whole thing was disgusting. I, I have to say, like, I really like your restaurant because everything's open, so you can see that it's all clean. Sure. And um, Thank you. Yeah, it is. It's spotless. But that's part of accountability and transparency. I, I sure. feel like it's just like... It's all here. You can yeah. see it. Like you come in at some point in the day, right? You're watching me grind meat. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's. I'm literally doing it in eye shot. You know. Yeah. Eye shot. Is that the word? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I think earshot's a word. Earshot's right. Eye view. Yeah. Eye view. No. Yeah. Whatever. No, we're making stuff <laughs> yeah. up. Um, but you can see it. Is my point. Yes. Right. Um, but yeah, I've been in there. You know, in you know during uh, like twelve thirty, right on a weekday, and it's still clean. Yeah. Doesn't, you know, nothing well, it's looks. also small, so that helps, too. Yeah. I can understand. You know, I mean, I've worked in some big places, and you're like, you know, then you're kind of like babysitting. You're like, hey, mm-hmm. go, you got to go clean this up, bro. Yeah. You know, like you got to tell the staff. They're like, right. they don't see it, or, the, you know, they don't care. Yeah. Know, which happens. Crazy. Yeah. So I think, I mean, when we're talking about transparency, I mean, people can find that. They can go online and see the article in the newspaper uh, or on Syracuse.com and find out which restaurants or whatever. But that place, I mean, the, the, the county... All right, health department said, "Hey, you can't open up," but they were still open up. <laughs> so yeah, I know. So you get you get like fine. Like I, I there's don't know. a fine. There's a bunch of things. You know, you have to like correct, and then the health inspector comes back and they right, do but, another check. But it's not like they're. But when you're getting shut down and then you stay open, right? But it's that's not, like a that's like a I don't yeah. care. Screw you. I mean, they're not putting like red tape up. They're not right. No, you know, I know. Like yeah. the health inspector goes home to his family. Right. It's not like he's like. You know, goes in there with like a shotgun yeah. and is like, shut her down. Yeah, you know? exactly. Something no, like none that. of that. Oh, um, that'd be cool. Yeah. That's a good movie right there. Yeah. There you go. Like the rogue health, Onondaga County health mm-hmm. inspector. Um, They're all actually really nice people. Though. Yeah. Uh, taking the law into their own hands. Um, <laughs> so there's that side of it. Uh, again, that was within the last six months, let's say. Uh, and there's no accountability there. But then there are some. Like, especially during the pandemic, one thing that we saw more that I noticed more during the pandemic was restaurants who were, like you were saying, being really honest on social media, saying, hey, this is where we're at. Three lives we were talking about before we got started. When they got into their second orange zone, yellow zone shutdown, 
they, you know, they couldn't do anything and they weren't, they didn't do delivery or takeout or anything like that. They, so they were just completely shut down. I think they were doing catering, but anyways. Yeah. So John, the owner decided to start doing, cause they were, they were, they started live streaming. I think it was like every Friday, Saturday night for four or five hours, they would do live streams. It would be cause they're video game oriented you know, some of them would be playing video games, like live streaming that. Then they would cut to the cook doing like a cooking demonstration in the kitchen. And but they had paywalls set up where you could make a donation. And if you donated twenty dollars, you could get this like a piece of art off the wall. If you donated, you know, five thousand dollars, you got one of the arcade games. Uh, and one night they did if they reached, I think, five hundred or four hundred dollars. The cook at the time had this really big beard. They were going to shave his beard live. <laughs> and so I tuned in like the beginning of it and gave like a hundred bucks and tuned back nice. in a couple hours later and they were like another hundred dollars away. And so I gave the other hundred bucks and nice. they shaved his face on camera. You just were like, this face is getting shaved. Yeah. Tonight. I was like, that's hilarious. Let's, <laughs> let's see this. Your, um, your wife's like, what are you doing? You're like, no, no, no. I want to see <laughs> you shaved. Sorry. It was a business expense. Yeah. So there you go. Out. <laughs> uh, They're a client. Right. But, um, but they were, but John was on camera saying, Hey, listen, we have enough money in my bank account to go two months and cover expenses and awesome. we can't open and sell food. Yeah. When, I mean, honestly, think, think to like, think like, 15 years ago, like yeah. would a restaurant ever be like, you know, my hands are up. Right. Look at me. I am naked. Mm-hmm. Like this, th- these are my faults. These are my issues. Yeah. Please help me. Right. Like that. It's insane how that's changed. Yeah. You know really. what I mean? But like, good for them though. That's, that's really smart. Like I, that's got me thinking now too. Like, cause engaging our guests mm-hmm. is so key. It's so hard. I mean, you can throw out, uh, a social media post every day. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, look at my brisket sandwich. Look at my chicken sandwich. Look at my burger. Look at my roast beef sandwich. You know, right. here's one of my staff. And I mean, we do that because I feel like it's important to do that. But it's got to be more than the social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got to be, it's, it's got to be more. Like, there's got to be, that's so brilliant. They're like, hey, right. we're like, a, you know, gamers might think we're cool. Let's, let's kind of set up a stream yeah. and do some of this engagement. And it'll give us a little of exposure, maybe right. make us a little bit of money. Um, that's really smart. Yeah. So, um, you know, they still struggled a lot during those couple months, but it was something that kind of got them through. And it was, like I said, very honest and open. There were other places that were posting way too honestly on their social media, talking about, I mean, the owner would put out, it was a bakery, but they would put out like, hey, we had two customers today. And listen, if you don't show up tomorrow and buy a cupcake, we're going to be closed in a week. Right. That right. kind of stuff was like, I definitely don't want to go buy a cupcake now. Well, it's like you can't act like a victim, right? Because right. you got into this. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, we signed a lease. We hired these people with the idea of, listen, you work for me. It'll benefit you because mm-hmm. you'll get paid. Hopefully you're proud of what you're putting out and the work that you're doing. And, and I benefit from it because you're doing it and you know, yeah. you work with a distributor and you're like, it, it, the whole thing is like this big, like you can't act like a victim. Right. You know, I, I can't like if, if I failed, you know, mm-hmm. I can't go like, well, my customers never came. It's like, yeah, no shit, dude. Like, <laughs> because you're not doing it well, or you're not, you don't do what's your competitive advantage. What's your pl- game plan? What's mm-hmm. your business plan? You did that not work. Then you got to pivot. 
You know, yeah. okay, this wasn't working. Well, guess what? All right, or, you know, your brisket costs double what you thought it was going to cost. All right, well, then what are you going to do? Like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. you got to figure it out. Um, the, uh, my friend's, my friend, <laughs> my friend's family used to own a, 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 a shoe repair in DeWitt mm-hmm. and, uh, old Italian people. Okay. And they would, anytime they would kind of finagle or like MacGyver <laughs> anything, mm-hmm. they had this thing they go, shoe make, shoe make. And shoe make <laughs> meant like, excuse me, they would meant like, you know, you were like kind of, um, you know, making something or problem solving, but usually it meant like something with your hands, you yeah. know, they'd be like, Oh no, like your pot handle broke. And they'd yeah. be like, Oh, you grab this and hey, shoe make. They used to they literally would say it out loud. It was hilarious. But I was singing that the other day because I had, uh, I had a piece of equipment break and I was like, hmm. Oh, you know, what do I do? Yeah. Uh, I gotta get through service, you know? And like, so we figured it out, my whole staff and I have the best staff because they help out and they're all like, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? And we're like, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. No, that's not going to work. All right. And I was like, ah, oh, shoe make, you got to shoe make, <laughs> like you got to figure out how you're going to get through it, you know? Yeah. But the victimization thing, like I have an eight year old daughter and a 10 year old daughter. Mm. And one of the things that's hard to teach those kids is like, don't always be a victim. Right. You know, it's like, sometimes you just got to say, I got to get this done. I, so what you're saying, I think is totally true. Like there is a, uh, a bit of transparency that's like, Hey, listen, this is what I need. But yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're like, if you're calling out your guests and being like, if you don't come, right. I agree. Like my, my first thought is like, yeah. I don't want to go. You're right. Now I will say, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's and, tough though. I and that bad. place I've never been to, uh, and I drive past it all the time. Mm. Um, <clears throat> there, I will say, with that, you know, this is four or five years ago. We we used to do the the meetup.com website, um, which you know, you, it's like groups to get together for anything and everything around the world. So you could have like a photographers group in Syracuse that meets once a month or whatever. Uh-huh. So I went on that and started a dinner club. And like an eat local New York dinner club. And the thought was once a month, we would get a bunch of people together and we would go to a different restaurant, uh, just a random one that on an off night, everybody would pay their own bill. And uh, it'd be great. Like I was hoping, hey, maybe we'll get 100 people to show up to a restaurant and turn their week around. That's amazing. Uh, We got up to about 30 people. Well, in a normal setting, we got up to about 30 people. And it was uh, the group consisted of Women, mostly divorced or widowed, <laughs> They're just 60 and older. <laughs> it became a dating restaurant like group. But hey, yeah. whatever it takes. Right. So it was like me and all of these really old women uh, who were, you know, okay. just trying to get out of the house. And um, <laughs> it was pretty funny. But, and, you know, they're all like sitting there listening to every story that I have to say. You were a great. popular guy. You were the yeah. most popular guy. Right. Um, and so, but we would have between you know, 18 on a low end to 30 on a high end come out to, and we did it once a month and it was great. I could call up a restaurant. Hey, I'm going to be there with 30 people next week. Awesome. Um, there were two of two events that we did where we had uh, like 80 to a hundred people show up to. And the first one was at the cider mill. It was right after, or I had just read an article that they had a general manager who had stolen like $60,000 or some crazy amount of money from them over the course of a couple of years. And I read the article that morning and I was like, oh, we should do the dinner there. So we did it, but I put it on Facebook and said, 
dinner to support the cider mill this night. Make your own reservation. Come in throughout the night. Eat on your own. You know, our group had like a big private table in the back room. But everybody just show up this night, support the cider mill, pack the place out within like a day. They were completely booked. Wow. I mean, I think there was like 80, 85, somewhere around there. Um, it was awesome. If you're a local restaurant owner trying to get customers in your door, then you need to join the Eat Local New York card. It's free for local restaurants to participate, and all it does is it gives customers a $5 discount when they spend $25 or more and show their Eat Local New York card. You can head to eatlocalnewyork.com today. Scroll down to the bottom to our business-to-business page and sign up for free there. You can also contact us by email at anthony at eatlocalnewyork.com. So head over there and join the Eat Local New York card today. And now, back to the episode. Uh, I was like, hey, maybe next month we'll have like 50 people show up, but just a regular one. No, we went back to 20. So, so the, the month after that, I was like, all right, I'm going to test this theory out. So we went to the in-between. They didn't really need any help. I mean, every restaurant needs help, but they right. didn't need any help. Yeah, they do. Well. I put on Facebook and made an event, dinner to support the in-between restaurant on this night at this time pack the place out just by saying dinner to support this restaurant people so that's the common denominator like yeah the support part right i mean people just turned up like crazy you know people you know people in syracuse i feel like there is like a there is a i don't know this like kind of loyalty this pride yeah. right this pride i mean i you know i went to uh grad school at cornell and ithaca okay and People would come in and I'm from, I was like the one guy from, like, I was like the local, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, they're all from like, you know, Taiwan and yeah. and Korea and India and New York City. And, you know, they were all from all over the darn world. And I was like the local guy who mm-hmm. they were like, you know, local. But Dinosaur Barbecue, mm-hmm. they all wanted to go to Dinosaur Barbecue because <laughs> everyone in Ithaca would be like, oh, you're from uh, South Korea? Yeah. You need to go to Dinosaur Barbecue. <laughs> Because they were like proud yeah. of this, this, this kind of. And I mean, Ithaca is like an hour away. Right. People would be so proud to, you know, present. Let me present to you hmm. the the golden gem <laughs> of Central New York, the dinosaur. Yeah. And we'd go there. I remember, like, you know, with there were I would go with like groups of twenty people. Like half of them yeah. spoke broken English, and they would be like. This is crazy. I mean, of course, di- you know, dinosaur is great. You know, uh, <laughs> I feel like we have a few of those joints in town where people are so proud. You know, and yeah. I think Syracuse. I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm from here. Right. I love. I, I, I'm proud. Like someone comes in from town, I'm like, let's go to Possibilities because mm. it's really fun and really good. Yeah. You know, or like there's certain spots where you're like, this is really. You know, we got to go. Let's go get wings at Shifties. Let's go do this. Yeah. There's certain parts where, like, and I mean, those restaurants are probably just like, I don't know. We're just, you know, trying our best to do what we do, and you know, but yet you get this, this, hmm. this local kind of pride, and I think people from New York, uh, Syracuse specifically, I feel like they have this pride because you know what else have we got up here? Yeah, you know, like I mean, people will be like in, you know, uh, Florida on vacation, and the, someone will be like, oh, we're from Syracuse. Oh yeah, dinosaur barbecue. You know, like it's like <laughs> this is what we're proud of. Yeah. Um, we just had, well, we had John, we did the thing at the Palace Theater back yeah, in December. Yeah, I saw that. That's awesome. December. Well, you got to tell me more about this, like, the tip thing at some point, too, where, like, you guys have the group that goes to the restaurants. Oh, yeah. I forgot but, about sorry, that. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. But, like, I, that just reminded me, like, that's, no, that's I awesome. Was, I mean, I was just, so John, we, I interviewed John Stage on that series, and um, his episode comes out uh, 
what's today, Tuesday, his episode comes out Thursday. So I was in here recording the intro for that episode and just thinking about it's wild. Like I've seen dinosaur barbecue sauce on uh, Parks and Rec episode. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's strange to think that that restaurant started here in Syracuse. And I met um, Gary Vaynerchuk, who uh, I didn't meet Gary Vaynerchuk, but Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, entrepreneur, big celebrity personality his videographer who's also a celebrity in his own right d-rock will put on his instagram who which has hundreds of thousands of followers um a post every couple months it's a networking post it just like literally says this post is for you leave comments on what your business is and what you need to hire and or leave your comments on what free like what you do as a freelancer and connect with people and so i posted in there because uh, we just launched our new website, and I need bloggers all over the state now. Yeah, nice. So I posted, we need bloggers in New York City. And this woman comments, hey, I'd love to do it. I'm, I've been in food my whole life. I actually manage the dinosaur barbecue down here in Brooklyn. And I was like, I live in Syracuse. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, hey, perfect fit. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I'm from the, your holy land. Uh, <laughs> That's you right. Know. And but she didn't really care. We're the origin like, story. <laughs> yeah, she was like, oh, cool. Yeah, um, she didn't care. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it is amazing to think that we have places like Dinosaur, like Funkin' or yeah, Funkin' Waffles, uh, Possibilities, Kitty Hoynes. I mean, places that are you know known all over the country. Yeah, it's wild. Well, yeah, I, I and I, I think there is a, a value. Like again, those those guys are doing it right. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, dude, Possibilities is so packed. Yeah, all the time. Right. I'm like, yeah, wow. Like that is like they are doing it right, and I, you still go in there, and I'm like, the food's still good. Yeah, it's not like the food's crap. I mean, no. it's still good. Yeah, it's still really, really good. And the drinks are still really good. Yeah, you know, and the service mm-hmm. is still the service to me is the biggest thing too, because mm-hmm. that's where you, I feel like that's where it starts to fall off. I mean, the food can fall off very easily. A chef leaves, a chef goes. A new chef, you know, it, it, the food, you know, it is what it is. But yeah. I feel like it's so easy right now to just hire people and throw them to the wolves. And mm-hmm. be like, we're not going to train you, just go. Um, and then you get, like, really poor service. Um, or people who are just completely apathetic to yeah. the whole thing and just want to make money, which is tough. So I've got a question for you about that with your restaurant. But first, I need to give the listeners context. And I only know this because I got to produce the podcast you did with Gerhars. But you come from a well. You you worked and were in upper management at Burn Dairy for a while. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So how many years were you there? I was there for four years. Okay, I think four and a half years. And I don't know why I said it like that. Yeah, that's a weird. Sorry, that came across. Yeah, very odd. It was four years. Yeah. Four years. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> we can cut that out and post. It. Don't cut that out. <laughs> um, uh, all right. So, what's the training program like? If you hire uh, well, what was your job at Burn Dairy? I was a regional, like a district regional director. So if a manager of a store got hired or whatever, a cashier even, or whatever the yeah. position was, I'd imagine there was some sort of a training program. Sure, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, there was, a, there was a good training program there. You know, I mean, the turnover was tough because, it, you know, people, you know, it's, it's basically a, back then was a minimum wage job. I believe mm-hmm. that they have raised their, their yeah. wages since then. But, uh, you know, when I first started before the pandemic craziness happened, like, you know, it's a minimum wage type job. So like people would be in, they'd be out. Mm. But, um, 
Yeah, we had a HR department that created the training program. I helped create certain training programs for the food part, mm-hmm. um, and it was yeah, it was it was pretty intense, yeah. you know. Um, and we ha- you know we had layers of um, of basically uh, monitoring whether it was happening. So, for example, I would monitor the manager, okay, who would then monitor the assistant manager who would then monitor the new hire to make sure. So then I could say, Hey, where's their training packet? Mm. Like I'd walk into a store. I'd be like, where's the training packet? Mm. And I'd look at it. I go, why isn't this crossed off yet? Be like, Oh, Mm. we haven't gotten to, you know, refunds yet or something like that, you know, and be like, okay, well let's do it right now. Let's go there. Mm. So I think the layers of kind of, again, accountability helped with, uh, with making sure that the training happened. Because I think in a lot of restaurants, there's not that layers. There's your owner, Mm-hmm. There's maybe a manager, right? And then there's just the new hire. Yeah. Who the owner is usually the one who hires. Yeah, typically, uh, depending on how big. Like I'm sure dinosaurs got you know layers right. and training and stuff like that. But yeah. you know, um, if you look at like a, like you know, Panchitos, you mm-hmm. know, are they do they have layers? Of, so I don't know. Yeah. I, who knows? Maybe they do. They have multiple units, right? So maybe they do. Yeah, they have two. Um, yeah. But anyway, my point is that like I think at Burn, yes, it was a corporate situation, right. and that's when that's when. And sorry, I, I don't know because yeah. you're, you're about to make a point, but <laughs> I feel like that's when a corporate situation is beneficial. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people look at corporate restaurants or corporate settings, and they're like, "Oh, this creates a bad climate. This is not good. You can't have a corporate culture when it's you know corporate culture is like you know a right. oxymoron." But I don't think that's true. I think you can do yeah. it. It's it's difficult, but I think overall it can happen, and I think there are some benefits to it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would love to have an HR person <laughs> help me yeah. with certain things because things would get done more. You know, um, I think it makes sense. I love you know, and again, restaurant owners are often like, we have to be better at kind of delegating mm-hmm. instead of being like everything is. I I have to do everything. It has you know you have to trust your staff because you can't you don't have time to do everything. Like, yeah. I have a family. Like, right. I can't literally every single night get there at 6 in the morning and leave at 9 at night. Like, yeah. I need someone to I give a key to and say, hey, I'm going to trust you mm-hmm. to close up, make sure all the equipment's off, make sure, you know, the smoker's on, like, all this other stuff. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. I think in a corporate setting, there, there, are, there are benefits. But sorry. So, yeah, yeah Burn Dairy, we definitely did have it. You were about to make a point. That's my point. My point is I think the one thing that local small restaurants could benefit from would be some sort of a training program manual that their staff goes through because I can't think of one restaurant like local independent restaurant that I know of in Syracuse that does that. Mm-hmm. If you're a waiter, if you're a server, you may shadow for a couple sure. days, maybe. Who are you shadowing with, by the way? Yeah, right. Just whoever's else. on, right? You know, it, it's it's yeah. tough sometimes. It's like, oh, who's uh, working today? Uh, oh, uh, Jared. All right, uh, you're working with Jared. Yeah. He's really good with the customers, but he's really bad on the POS system. But we'll figure that out later. I mean, like, that's how it goes, right? right. Poor Jared, by the way. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, no, it's true. It needs to happen. But then again, it's so hard to find time. I know. Because guess what? I'm trying to find a better brisket price. Yeah. Right? right. Which is taking, like, when I'm not, like, literally working my cash register mm-hmm. and I have a second. <laughs> oh, wait, but then I have to go pay all my invoices, you know? And then, like, oh, I got to go do this. Or, you know, the bathroom uh, toilet is leaking again. I mean, like, literally there's a gazillion things. But it's not all doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. It is fun. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I don't want to sit here. Because <laughs> people are going to be like, what are you doing? You, you know, you're, like, sitting here and complaining. Like, it's not. It's Because it's, when, when, like, 
I mean, actually, a question I think would be great for a lot of restaurant owners. Yeah. It's like, why do you do it? Like, that would be a great just like, just like, <laughs> I'm going to let you talk. Why do you do it? Right. Sit back and hear the crazy bullshit. But it's like, honestly, like, there are times in a restaurant where you can look around and whether you're a manager, but however you operate, whether mm-hmm. you're an owner or whatever, and you look around at the, like the, the theater of mm-hmm. it all. Like, if you come into my restaurant at 1230 and we got like, you know, 20 tickets up mm-hmm. for all different types of orders and sandwiches and stuff like that. And you see like, you know, someone is cutting like the toast and the other guy without even knowing is giving them a box to put it in with, you know, from behind them. And, you know, you hear the callbacks like, hey, I got two fries. I got four briskets, two fries, four briskets, heard, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And like you sit there and sometimes you just can sit back and you see just this movement. And it's like uh, it's like when. uh you know, it's like when you see like a good basketball team run a motion offense, mm-hmm. like guys are moving without the ball. Like yeah. I can, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, the moving without the ball. I, I, I don't know how else to say it. Mm-hmm. It's like these guys over here are doing something. These guys are literally putting the food together, but the, what they're doing is just as important as these guys mm-hmm. over here. And, and I'm like a little restaurant, you know, when you're saying, when I used to work in, 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 in full service restaurants and I used to be a wine director uh, in New York and I remember there would be nights where it'd be like 10 o'clock at night and finally it was like our last seating and I would look around at the tables and I'd see all the bottles from my wine list on the tables. Like mm. if like, you know, 80% of the tables had a bottle of wine on their table and I would sit there and I'd look and people would be drinking and all the glasses were filled and all the waters were filled and everyone was kind of just at a point where like the service staff was like able to kind of get their stuff together and Mm -hmm. figure stuff out. And I would just stand there and it was like such like a content, like, Mm. all right, this is good. This is what hospitality is. Like everyone feels comfortable. Everyone feels welcome. It's all like, and it was just like this amazing thing. And that's, that's the goal. That's what you look for. And although that doesn't happen all the time, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like more often than not, someone's coming back and they're going, I ordered honey mustard and you gave me spicy mustard. And you're like, "Ah, damn. All right. Sorry. Let me remake that for you. Or, you yeah. know, let me give you some, you know, let me fix it for you. But um, there is time. So, like, I mean, I would be so curious, you know, if yeah. asking restaurant owners, like, why? Why do you do it? You know, I mean, because yeah. to be honest, like, it's not like you're, we're not making, I mean, some people are, <laughs> but we're not becoming millionaires <laughs> no. opening a sandwich shop and do yeah. it, you right. know. Um, so there's there's got to be another reason why, why yeah. it happens. And it happens all the time. Right now, somewhere, someone is opening up a crazy <laughs> restaurant idea somewhere. They're paying too much rent. They're, you know, they, they don't know what they're doing. And, yeah. yet they're, and yet they're throwing their life savings right now, somewhere around here. I guarantee it. Oh, Why? Because oh. they got this drive. It's crazy, right? Well, the question. I'm sure you see some crazy stuff, by the way. Yeah, I do. Um, there's, you know, it's something that I know it existed, like, small area chambers and things like that. But, um, and I think Liverpool has one. Mark Cardone, who's a friend, teaches some sort of a training class in, like, basic business or whatever it is. But and I think that's part of the chamber. Um, and it's available for, like, new, if a new business is going to go into Liverpool, they have access. It's free. I forget how long it is. That's but awesome. they can go through it and learn the basics of some different things. I wish, I mean, it's, it's, I've told the story a thousand times, but it's why I started Eat Local New York because I met a restaurant owner who she was coming up on, I think she was a year in business, but at the time she was a branch manager at a local bank, had a great job, 
great benefits, retirement, made a great living, had a nice house, loved to cook, and she made the best X. Doesn't matter what it was. Everybody makes something. Yeah. Right? I've heard it. I've heard you it know. before. Yeah. So <laughs> go on. I'm like, I'm edge yeah. of my seat now. What's the way I love to cook. Friends told her, family told her, you're the best, you know, ever. You should do, you know, you should do this for a living. If you could just find a way to sell this, you'd be a millionaire. Da 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 da. You should open your own restaurant. And over time, you know, family functions, parties, she's making this and everybody's loving it and she's enjoying it. So one day she decides, I'm gonna go for my dream. I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to open up my own restaurant. And she did make a great X, but that's all she knew how to do. Mm -hmm. She didn't know how to pick a location, choose a name, get a logo, design a menu, do the marketing, figure out her food cost, know how much food to buy and when to buy it and how to store it. None of that. How to get cussed. So she wound up opening up a restaurant in a really terrible part of town, especially for that style of restaurant. Had no idea how to do anything except for make that one thing. And maybe some other items, but really that one. And by the end of the year, she was depressed. Overworked. Anxiety. Yeah. Broke, I mean, maybe, yeah. broke, you know, I mean, just the whole thing. And she was, and by the time I met with her, um, and I was giving her advice, I was like, if you could just run this like $500 Facebook ad, you'd probably get a bunch. Of, and she was like, oh, I just spent my last $2,000 or however much money it was. On a ma- on an ad for Clipper magazine, oh. and I, I was like, <laughs> okay. I was like, well, when is it going out? Like, hope you might get some people from it. Oh, it went out last month. Oh, Have no. you got anybody? No. And sure enough, like couple like a month or two later, she was out of business, and you know it was terrible. And that's why I started because I wanted Eat Local New York to one day be able to post on Instagram go check out this restaurant and get the sandwich and then see 40 people show up from it, you know? Um, and I figured if I could influence people to do that and send them to the places that needed the help the most, maybe I could make a difference. But, um, yeah, there's so many that people that I meet where it's like, okay, maybe it's a good idea, but everything else sucks. Or maybe all this is good, but your food and your menu suck. When you are in an industry with such thin margins, yeah, you have to be so on top of your shit. Yeah. Like so on top of it and having a good business background and acumen, you know, is is great. Right. But just there's got to be something there. And mm-hmm. the problem is in the restaurant industry, you get a lot of people like her, which, by the way, it doesn't always work out poorly. But like, you know, yeah. I mean, the it's statistically... Yes. Even if you know what you're doing, it's not going to end up well. Right. Um. It's so, so hard. Mm -hmm. But yet, why in my industry is it full of, like, why? That's the why. I want to know the why. I want to ask restaurant owners why. I don't, yeah. Because that's, Mm -hmm. it's like, why are you taking this this massive risk? I mean, I know I took took a massive risk too, but like. Well, why did you do it? Because I love it. And honestly, I don't know anything else as well as this. Yeah. And I'm not going to go to the NBA. Right. I'm not I'm not gonna make it as a professional <laughs> basketball player. Um so it's like Yeah. Well no, and also I my my wife is uh is amazingly smart and talented too. But like mm. it it's um yeah, I don't it, my why is is because I I I crave being able to I've always done it for other people. Mm. I've always worked yeah. and 
successfully helped other people operate. Right. Um, and I've opened restaurants and I've, I've worked in restaurants. I've worked in the kitchen and uh, I've been a chef and I've worked in the front of the house and I've been a GM and a wine director and all, all these crazy things. I've worked in New York City and I've worked with, um, you know, staffs of like hundreds of people uh, in corporate food service. And I've worked in little tiny restaurants and I've done it all. And I'm like, I need to I need to figure out whether I can do it for myself. Yeah. My restaurant was supposed to be actually a, a full-service restaurant. Oh, I was going to ask yeah. you about that. Peachtree Social, man. It was going to really? be awesome. Dude, my, my cocktail list is so awesome. Really? I've spent years on making the best cocktail list, menu, because <laughs> my original business plan, full menu, cocktail list, uh, like just really cool full-service restaurant, in yeah. my opinion. Southern-inspired, yeah. just like my restaurant is right, right. now. And... Um, Always looking for spaces. I actually came really close, like really close to a space in Fayetteville, huh. like to the point where my lawyers were like, here's the lease, hmm. sign it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to sign it. And then it fell through after that, which hmm. it often does. But, um, hmm. but it was a full, it was a big space. This was like six months before March wow. 2021. Like, I mean, like it was half a year before the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, I would have been completely screwed. Hmm. Um, so I'm glad it fell through, but I mean, I, I, there's so many spaces. I were a couple spaces, a space in Manlius that I came really close to signing. Um, there's a lot of spaces. I came so close and uh, with this full service business plan, which was still I, someday maybe. But after the pandemic, I was like, maybe I need to look for smaller spaces because takeout, mm-hmm. it's got to be takeout. I feel like takeout, and I feel like I just, with dumb luck, yeah. you know, stumbled upon like, oh, yeah. This industry is headed towards delivery takeout and less towards sit down. I mean, there will always be a room right. for sit down restaurants, but I'm like, if you're a new up and comer, like this is the kind yeah. of way to go, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was like, oh, I have this great lunch menu mm-hmm. for my restaurant. And I'm like, well, if I just take the lunch menu, kind of tinker with it, hmm. put it in a smaller space. It's all, you know, it's all the same stuff, all scratch made stuff, but like, you know, it's takeout. And I was actually supposed to have more seats than I have. Like, I don't know if you notice in my restaurant, yeah. I have like two right. little tables in the front, which are always filled. But um, there were supposed to be more tables, and I had actually build the space smaller hmm. uh, to, to fit with zoning and things like that. But, the, um, but yeah, the idea was to have a bigger restaurant, and I'm hmm. so glad now, because now it's like, you know, if when I open up a second one, yeah. like I have the model that's like yeah. working. So that's going to be able, you know, that's going to help. Instead of being like, oh, I have this big bear mm-hmm. of, you know, rent is crazy because I have this huge space and I have not only a back of the house staff, but a service staff and I have to have all this stuff. Like, you know, now it's just like, oh, I can do it. Hmm. I can do it in 1,300 square feet. Yeah. Like, and that's an easier thing to find, I think. Yeah. Um, do, you do, do you offer delivery? Yeah. Oh, you well, do? Well, we do. So, like Grubhub and stuff? Yeah. So, okay. so we, do, we do DoorDash. Well, so okay. l- l- let me explain a little bit further because I was reluctant in the beginning yeah. to do the DoorDash or the Grubhub. I was like either one or both or whatever because um, it's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've heard it's come down a lot though, right? It's come down a little. Okay. But like I know that some people – in the middle of the pandemic, I mean, it's kind of sucks too, right? I mean, yeah. Not that the CEO of DoorDash is listening to this podcast, right. but like, it kind of it sucks. Be, like, yeah, I no. mean, you you kind of raise your commissions while people are in certain need of you because you know. But it is it's business, right? Yeah, you, know, for you sure. can't can't blame them for trying to make money, but you can just you know not use them. But regardless, yeah. the um, the uh, 
the one thing that kind of got me onto them was that there is a, basically a deal where it's like if they basically put a link on my website. Yeah. And if you go through that link mm-hmm. specifically, then the commission, I don't pay the commissions. Yeah. Which is great. So I try and without being, again, too aggressive or obtrusive, if someone says, do you do delivery? I say, we do. Mm-hmm. Go on my website. There's a little button on the top. It says order for delivery. Click on that. It'll get you to DoorDash. And they'll be like, oh, so I can just order with DoorDash. And I try and say, like, listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. I mean, you can order with DoorDash. Mm-hmm. And if that's easier for you, that's fine. But you can also go to the link, and then that takes you to DoorDash. So it's not like you're having to re-put in your credit card. or yeah. Which, like, I think, like, what? why do people use DoorDash? Convenience. Because I think typically, like, you don't have to, like, you know, keep putting in your – it's like, it's all right there. I can just be like, this is me. Yeah. Click on a restaurant. I want this, this, and this. Order for delivery. You know, double click the side of your iPhone and it's like boom, and then you get right. it. So you can still do that, but in that situation, I don't pay. So, so we do delivery through DoorDash. So you can go on the DoorDash app right now. Is it? Yeah. yeah. You could you could still order from my restaurant right hmm. now, um, and I would pay that commission. Or you could go to my website, click on, and so I'm trying to kind of use some like you know directional marketing. Yeah. To kind of be like, go to the website, like, right? You know, pictures of the website, pictures of the button to be like, hey. Go here, you know, but I would never tell someone like, don't, you know, it's like, listen, you do what you got to do to get what you want. Yeah. I'm not going to ever tell like a customer or guest like, you know, don't you dare go to DoorDash, only use this because, you know, then people are turned off by that. Yeah. I mean, my wife is, you know, somewhat of a frugal person and definitely far more than I am. Uh, but she doesn't pay a hundred dollars for people to get their shaved, uh, for cooks to shave their beards. <laughs> no, she doesn't. Three lives? No. Okay. No. no. Um, you know, I'm, I'm more of, I'm definitely a convenience person. So, you know, we never really realized how much of a difference there was between how we spent money until we were on our honeymoon. And, uh, oh, that's, a, yeah, that's a great time to find out. Time. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, She's like, Oh no. Right. No, I'm just kidding. So we were in Hawaii of all places where it's, you know, far expensive. And nice. I want to that, like if valet is offered, I'm going to valet my car. Um, you know, we went to a beach at one of the resorts and you had to rent the chairs for the, on the beach. And, uh, and, so I'm like, okay, well, we're going to rent the chairs that were like $10. I'm like, well, so you do. Yeah. She was like, no, we don't need them. We'll just put the towel. We'll sit on the... I'm like, no, <laughs> we're not doing that. We're going to... So um, <laughs> we're going to rent the chairs. Uh, she won most of those. Uh, I know eventually she'll listen to this. Honey, you won most of those. Just keep that in mind. Well, it um, sounds like you were smart about it, right? Because that's... I mean, no, I was not smart. I was not smart about it. Oh, okay. I argued. You were still new. Yeah, I still okay. argued. A lot, and then I just gave in. Um, uh, so, yeah. but having said that, my wife is a she prefers Grubhub or DoorDash. Like some Friday nights, we'll order pizza. Sure. A lot of times, we'll order from Pies Guys in Eastwood. Nice. I haven't been there yet, by the way, but I love no, the idea of it. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you're going for Syracuse style pizza, so the strips. Um, well, I thought it was like Chicago style. Uh, pie. That's pump pizza. Oh. Pump Pizza is the Chicago deep dish. Sorry. Yeah. I'm not familiar with Pie Guys. Pie's Guys is just the strip. It's, it's Syracuse. Pie's Guys? Pie's Guys. Okay. They've got locations. They've got a few locations. Oh, but, uh, nice. Um, oh, is there one on uh, James Street? Yes. Like, okay, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. They've got, I think they have, like, quite a few. Uh, 
I, I don't think it's, I think it's like different family members. But why do you order ones. through Pies Guys? Well, they're close to us. Okay. The other pizzeria that's down the street from us. Oh, and you're us. tying this into something frugal, by the way. Yeah, I am. Okay. <laughs> uh, the Go pizzeria ahead. that's like really close to us, eh, in the beginning was really great, and then they screwed up a couple times. So, ah. uh, so now we order from Pies Guys. Um, but my, they're on Grubhub, so my wife will order from Grubhub. If I'm home and I order dinner that night, I will just call and pay with a credit card. But my wife doesn't want to talk to somebody on the phone, and she doesn't want to have to get Oh, her. they don't have online. They don't have they don't have it on their website. No, um, they just have either Grubhub or you call them. So so I, you call them. That means you I are sitting them. there. Yeah, you, right. With your credit card in front of you. Yeah. And then you turn it over, and they're like, "What's the security code?" Right. And it's worn down, and yeah. you're like, "I think it's like eight something." Like yeah. yeah, yeah. So that that I can see that can be a yeah. And on a Friday night, you're probably going to be put on hold because they're busy. Yeah. Whatever. I think the online ordering is so key right now. Yes. Yeah, so, but you're still ordering from Pies Guys. Yeah, we're still ordering, but through the, and I and she knows this. She, you know, but Grubhub, it's like okay, well, we know Pies Guys is paying a thirty percent commission, but she'll still do it because the convenience, and she doesn't want to talk to somebody and all that kind of stuff. So, a month ago, maybe uh, she texts me. It's Friday night. Hey, we're doing Pies Guys. Yep. Okay. So. Uh, she texts me back like five minutes later. Hey, it was going to be $75 on Grubhub or $40 if I called. So I just called. So the prices. Yeah. So my point is I'm noticing a lot more restaurants in our area nowadays have realized, oh, well, I'll just overcome the 30% by raising the price up 30% on the app. Sure. We could is, do that. You should. I mean, you, you, you could. could. You could. Yeah. Um, so... A savvy person would kind of see through it, right? Right. And go, I know what you're doing here. All right, I'm going to call you now. Yeah, and she did. But an unsavvy person might be like, that's really expensive. Yeah. Honey, look how expensive (laughs) these pizzas are. They're $40 a pizza on Grubhub. That must be what they normally are. Well, my gosh. Yeah. Um, Damn. I feel like that's risky, but I mean... I've That's noticed. forcing people into calling you, which is yeah. where you're paying less. But then, then why do the Grubhub anyway? I mean, yeah. if, you, if you're going to those extremes, right? Then maybe it's like figure out some online ordering, or or you know make make online ordering, but also do the delivery yourself. Yeah. Um, if you're a pizza company, by the way, like, don't all pizza shops have like delivery guys? Uh, yeah, they do. I guess the exposure of Grubhub, though, yeah. helps. So, and listen, Grubhub and DoorDash, they're not, like, the devil. I mean, they're... No. I mean, I see what they're doing. Um, and the fact, like, that they have this thing where, like, if you go to my website and order, I don't pay the commission, like, mm. then that leaves it up to me to right. direct my guests to that. Yes. And they're like, hey, if they go through my website, what do you want me to do? I get it. Right. Um, it's interesting, though, too, because there's a human aspect in all of that as well. It's mm. not just... The technology. Yeah. There's actual people picking up your food yeah. who are getting paid to bring your food somewhere, who are not your employees, mm-hmm. by the way, which is bizarre. It's, yeah. it's such a bizarre relationship, like the dynamic of, hello, like, uh, sorry, the, uh, like the DoorDash guy walks in. Yeah. Hey, I'm here for uh, Jenny R. And they show it to you. You're like, oh, Jenny R. Okay. Yep. Here you go, sir. Mm-hmm. And then... They take my bag. Right. Like, they could write something. Yeah. They could write a swear word on the bag. I they could know. eat the I mean, food. They yeah. could actually mess with the bag. They could, yeah. they could go and get in a fight with their girlfriend for an hour on the phone 
and then deliver it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of stuff that can happen. Um, Not to say that they do that, by the way, because honestly, like our DoorDash drivers are like, to be honest, the guys who for some reason are in our area and the gals like are awesome. Like I got to admit, they're almost 95% of them are like guys that we actually like look forward to them coming in. We're like, yay, what's up? Yeah. Um, We actually like, you know, it's like, we give them a little fudge. We're like, chill out. Yeah. Like, cause sometimes they have to wait a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes they come super early. Hmm. You know, they would be like, in order, it's for like 1150. They'll show up at 1130. They're like, I'm here for Jenny R. And we're like, <laughs> uh, dude, that's like a burger. It takes 10 minutes to cook. Like, we're really sorry. And they're like, okay. And they'll like, kind of wait. And I'm like, I'm in here. Have yeah. some fudge. Chill out. Like, you know, because in, in, in the end, like, these guys are like, if they, if they don't like us, there is, and, and this, I'm, I'm not assuming that they're going to do For something sure. terrible. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. I'm putting my life livelihood in their hands to a certain extent. Be like, you need to bring this somewhere. Right. Deliver it for me. I don't know you. You, yeah. you have nothing for, like, I don't pay you money. I don't, you know, yeah. you got to, like, make sure that these guys, like, understand, like, you're not a jerk. You're mm-hmm. someone that they might want to, like, maybe go above me on. I had this one DoorDash guy. Um, I swear to God, it was crazy. We had... Two, it was, I forgot the, the name, but the name was like John R. They don't give you the last name, just yeah. the last letter, right? We had two John R's. <laughs> DoorDash comes in, I'm here for John R. Here you go, sir. Thanks, have a great day. Another DoorDasher, I'm here for John R. Wait, what? No, you already came. Oh, wait, no, there's, here's one. Oh, no, tell me <laughs> you're the one that needs the chicken sandwich. No, no, I need four burgers. And we're like, oh, oh, no. Yeah. That went out. Uh, and the guy's like, I'm going to find out where he went because mm-hmm. if I can catch him before then. I mean, obviously, if the food gets delivered, right. we're not going to yeah. give it. But like, the guy was literally like a block away, hmm. figured it out, was able to have the guy come back. Oh, wow. Like, so it was like, it was like two minutes where he yeah. was gone. He didn't actually make it there. He, and they switched it back and like that dasher <laughs> could have been like, remake it, I'll, you know, or yeah. whatever. but they like, they helped out with that. Yeah. And I think that's because we try to make them like comfortable when they come in. Which, that's cool. Is like again, not to sound like a loser, but like hospitality, like in, in my restaurant, when yeah. we talk about hospitality, it's not just for the guests. It's hospitality for our delivery drivers, it's hospitality for our vendors. It's hospitality for the random guy who comes off the street and goes, Do you have a do you have a bathroom I can use? Yeah. It's like we do have a bathroom, and even though you're not buying food, I don't care, man. Like go like yeah, man, yeah. Like, let's take care of you. Whoever it is, like making people feel comfortable and making them feel welcome because every single one of those people have a mouth and mm-hmm. a brain and every single, like, like our Cisco driver comes in, like people forget, like that dude's got a family. He goes home on Friday night and he's got to figure out what to eat. Yeah. He has friends who are like, Hey, you know, where should we go? Like these mm-hmm. are like real people. Who yeah. It's, and it's like, so it's like you, you treat the Cisco driver like shit. Yeah. You think he's going to tell people like, oh, that Petri sandwich company is good? Or you think he's going to be like, <laughs> they're a bunch of jerks? Like, yeah. it's, it's everyone. It doesn't matter who it is. That's what we preach. I've been saying that for when it comes to especially the Grubhub Uber drivers that, you know, restaurants should treat them like customers. I've, I thought it would be cool to have for a restaurant to have like a, you know, a table set up to, or whatever for the, for the drivers where you have like, Maybe cans of soda or bottles of water or chips or sanitizer or something. And you're doing that with giving them fudge when they stop in and just treat them like the customer. Imagine how much better they're going to handle your food, how much faster they're going to deliver it. Totally. Yeah. I had, I, had a, I had a DoorDash guy, our favorite guy, uh, Kevin, and he, he came in one day 
And I was like, hey, man, here, have, here, have some fudge. It's going to be a couple minutes. And he's like, dude, I just told someone about your fudge because we, uh, for the listeners to know, we give a piece of fudge with every sandwich. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of places give pickles and we give fudge because <laughs> what's better than fudge? <laughs> and um, he's like, dude, I was telling people about your fudge and then they came in just for the fudge, but then they got the burger and they thought it was so amazing <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, boom. That guy just, you yeah. know, basically made me money somehow. Right. Um, when I went to uh, Exo Taco mm-hmm. uh, a couple months ago, um, and I love Exo Taco. It's like so much fun there. Like, yeah. the, the vibe in there is so much fun. Like, yeah. I, I love, I'm 44 years old. I go in there and I'm like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm cool. Uh, but anyway, which makes me not cool. Um, but I, uh, they have, they do so much delivery, mm-hmm. like, door, like, you know. Yeah. That they have like this whole section that used to be like a seating section, mm-hmm. like a a revenue generating seat, you know, seating section. All right. That now has a big metro rack mm-hmm. with just bags and an actual employee who their only job is to stand there and yeah. manage DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber Eats people coming yeah. in and out and making sure that those things get out. And I was like, oh my god! Like it was, a whole, and like like you said, like they have room. Yeah. Like, you know, like bottle of water or something like that. Hmm. That's really smart, actually. Yeah. You know, that's a great idea yeah. to be like, hey, man, you know, uh, so sorry that you had to, you got to wait maybe a couple minutes, you yeah. know, but like, because then they're going to be like, yeah. And they don't need to, like, they, they don't need to be like, I'm going to pick this up. Right. There are times where people, you know, and I haven't had this problem, I think, because I'm in the middle of DeWitt and there's probably a lot of people, like, I bet like certain restaurants who are in kind of like, different areas you know oh, for sure. you can't find a dasher yeah you know um i never thought about that issue and then one night i went out to nedrum <laughs> i went to tanner valley golf course okay and uh my friend joel who's listening to this who's a client and own they him and his fiance own 317 at montgomery street oh nice and uh isn't that still there though or is yeah that, okay. yeah it's still there so joel i would i had just been talking with him like a couple days before i was like hey we should hang out sometime so he texts me, hey, I'm down at Tanner Valley. You should come out. And, Do you uh, live near there? No, I don't. I don't okay. live anywhere near there. <laughs> and um, so he was like, you know, I'm hanging out here at the bar. Come out and have a drink with me. I was like, all right. So it was kind of like a late Friday. It was like not late. It was late for me. It was like 930 on a Friday night. And I get an Uber out there, no problem. Uh-huh. I realize once I get out there where the hell I'm going, that it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Good luck getting an Uber back. And uh, and that was the problem. And I get out there and I realize it's Natalie's, his fiance's high school reunion. Oh, God. All right. So you're just like. <laughs> so I'm hanging out there with him, you know, and he, you know, he didn't, you know, he wasn't in that class. So. So you just wanted like a right. buddy. So we're hanging out there. And then it took me an hour, like within 30 minutes of arriving there, I had, I started calling for Looking. an Uber. It took an hour and a half to get an Uber. And finally somebody showed up, but. I mean, it was just, yeah, it's insane. So I couldn't imagine a restaurant being out there in the outs, you know, having yeah. to rely on that. Well, at Burn Dairy, we had, we, we, when I, uh, we started using DoorDash, the Burn Dairy uses it. And I mean, Burn Dairies are in very, um, you know, like middle Fulton and yeah. like, you know, uh, Camden, like these interesting areas where hmm. it's like you would, you would wait. Yeah. You know? Like it'd be like you'd hit order ready for pickup mm-hmm. on like the little tablet in one of those stores and it would say, you know, finding Dasher. Wow. And yeah. it would go ring, ring, ring. And it would just be like, you know, and then like the pizza that you made was like, it's cold after 10 minutes. And then yeah. you're like, okay, let's remake the pizza to find a Dasher. <laughs> so, I mean, there, you know, there are pitfalls for sure. But um, yeah. 
I, we haven't seen anything problems in the middle of duet for sure. Yeah, that's good, dude. That's I, I have so many things to ask you, but I don't want to like make this crazy. Though. No, go for it. But like, earlier you were talking about Kasai and in mm-hmm. uh, the Danny's steaks, like. So he is it Kyle. Is yeah, that the name. Yeah, Kyle. So he has two restaurants mm-hmm. right next to each other. Yeah, they don't share the same kitchen. No. So he has two kitchens mm-hmm. with two insanely opposite cuisines. Yes. Like, yeah. it's not like Danny Steaks guys are, like, going over to Kasai and be like, hey, I need some of that shaved ribeye. No. Like, there's no... No. No crossover. And it's just it's just him running back and forth, like, so, every day. Like, I'm sure he's got um, a good guy that he you, trusts. I have to go down there right after this episode. If you want, I'll go show you the kitchens. Um, because you'd probably like them. It's, oh, my gosh. I, I've never... Yeah. I, two things I haven't done, which I need to do. Kasai yeah. and Cider Mill. I'm, I'm going to just mm. say it publicly. Yeah. I haven't been yet, and I'm like, I got to get to both. Yeah. Um, no, it's pretty cool. The, 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 the kitchen at Danny's is unlike anything else in Syracuse because it's so huge. It, you know, it used to be provisions, mm-hmm. and um, which was a bakery. And so the kitchen back there has a really big prep area. It has a really big area for, like, where – where Kyle is, it's just a really massive kitchen. So like the, you walk through the double doors into the kitchen space, the back wall is three offices. So that's now where him and his chef and his GM have their offices. And then, I mean, literally you walk out the door of the office and you're in the kitchen, and it has this big dish area, it has a big prep area. He's sectioned off this one area for his line. I mean, it's a huge kitchen huge space uh for what it is and then you can just walk through one door you're in the bathroom area there's like the men you know men's and women's room and then it's a little corridor you open up that door you're at the bar of kasai or you can go downstairs into the basement and you're in the basement of kasai where they have their main dining room and then their kitchen and walk-ins are down there the walk-in freezer and cooler down there. it's this really cool massive space and I couldn't imagine it's 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 weird to be there and hang out because and I've spent um, like, I don't know, two weeks ago, Kyle did uh, who Kasai gave us the beers tonight for free. So thank you, Kasai Ramen. Nice. Um, thank you. Kasai. Uh, I was hanging out there a couple weeks ago, and he was doing this private dinner for, actually, Isaac from Middle Ages. Okay. It was his birthday, so it was Isaac and his wife and two of their friends, and they had this private, like, five- or six-course tasting menu that Kyle and Jesse just made up. Awesome. And um, I was hanging out there taking pictures just during the whole dinner, uh, standing on the other side of the line and goofing off with them. And Sounds awesome. So, and he had like Wagyu beef and whole, you know, whole prawn and all this cra- this crazy menu. And it's wrapping up and I was like, I think I'm going to run, I'm going to get a beer here. I'm going to run next door to Danny's and get a cheesesteak before I head home. And Kyle was like, oh, actually, I'm going to make you and Kyle dinner from this menu as soon as we're done. It's like, great. Wow. So the three of us wound up hanging out at Kasai until like almost one in the morning eating and drinking (laughs) and talking shop there is this but there's this weird thing it's not weird it between kasai and danny's it's like i don't know it's a it's what i imagine a restaurant in a big city was like in the 90s 
it's just this like no one else is doing what they're doing. I mean, there's there's other Philly cheesesteaks, but uh, there's no other ra- and there are other people doing ramen, but there's no other ramen shop. But there's no other restaurant tour and his age range that's doing what he's doing right now, and which is like hand making a lot of food from mm-hmm. scratch, um, doing it kind of in a different you know ramen shop first ever ramen shop in Syracuse but just I don't know just different but it's like all these weird people they're gonna hate this because they, they, they these are like the core demographic of our <laughs> listeners um and I know Kyle and Jesse are listening to this when, when this comes out but it's like this weird group of people who are really passionate about food mm-hmm. have a desire to figure it out and make something good and not just kind of put out frozen this and frozen yeah. that. And they're all just like, I don't know. They're just like kind of dirty. Not Jesse and Kyle. They're going to hate that I said. But no. you, you go, you know oh, what I no, mean? I know. They're like, I know. They are. But it's pr- you're proud to be dirty. You're proud right. that you're, they're your industry, hands literally every night. Yes. Never. You can never wash the garlic right. out of your hands. Yeah. Like your hands, you're like, yeah. garlic. 24 hours a day, you are yeah. always just sweaty you're always dirty you're always kind of right you know it's it's uh your feet always hurt yeah you know your back is always kind of painful but yet you still stay out until one in the morning two in the morning but you always make it to your next shift i mean that's the type of person that like you said in like a big city yeah those are the type of people you get if i worked in the industry i and i was in syracuse i can't think unless i was at like Unless I was like trained and i was at like saint urban or something like that but even the food that kyle's putting out is great if I wasn't a waiter, bartender, server, I couldn't think of a restaurant that would be more of a opportunity to be at right now in central New York than what Kyle's doing. Well, it's, I, I, you know, all that stuff, like that, that the whole dynamic that you're yeah. describing is always comes from the top. Yeah. Yeah. Always comes from the, it, it always comes top down. So right. somehow, yeah. He is creating this culture. Yeah, that is allowing someone from the outside, like you, yeah, being able to to identify it, right? Which, by the way, is amazing because if people from the outside can identify what you're trying to do, and I don't know if that's what he's trying to do, but it sounds yeah. like it. Then, well, then good for him. It sounds like it's like a hippie commune version of restaurants of restaurant owners. Mm. Like they all, they're all always oh, speaking of hippies. Oh, you uh, <laughs> didn't, he also is going to open something in the blue tusk space, right? Yeah. Or is that him? That's yeah. It. I was just there just uh, before we came you here. Know, so, okay. Yeah. So I mean, he, yeah, I would love to know his why that, that yes. would be pretty interesting yeah. because he, does he have a family? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. They just had their second, uh, second child. He has, a, he has a young child. They've got two young children. And he's yeah. got two restaurants, about and he's to, about to open a third. Actually, about to open four. Oh. So he's okay. so they have he has Kasai. He has Danny's. Yeah. They're opening the Tap House on Walton, which is going to be like, I don't want to say an upscale version of the Tusk, but it's going to be a really, it's going to be a much nicer version of Tusk. Cool. And then right next to it is going to be the Tap House Bread Company, which is going to be a scratch sourdough bakery. Mm. That's not just going to be a bakery, but then supply bread for all of his restaurants. So he's going to have to find, like, yeah. see, he's going to have to staffing, man. I bet, yeah, for sure. I bet that's what's put, making him pull his hair out. Like, I mean, just... that's definitely, um, he doesn't have any issues now. I mean, they just had a, a few slots, positions open up. 
And uh, I mean, they had, you know, dozens of people apply. Awesome. Um, it's the culture. Yeah. So that hasn't been an issue, but it really is. It's just like, I don't know. It's, it's just this, we- it's like, you know, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't think of a way. I love it. I absolutely love the people that work there. I don't know all of them very well, but like even just being, hanging out around it, it's, it's like an orphanage of people that were never <laughs> in the industry, you know? Yeah. It's not like these are five-star chefs that were kicked out or something like that, mm-hmm. but they all have a passion for food. And it just, every time I go there, no matter what time of day it is, they're there. Yeah. They're, everyone's there. But you know, it's funny too, because you don't have to be, well, certainly a lot of people go into that situation and they're not chefs. They're not, right. you know. Yeah. But- you need people to have a drive and ambition to want to become something like that. Yeah. Um, and you gotta, you gotta have the culture and you gotta have the, the, the structure, mm-hmm. you know, the infrastructure to have those people know that, Hey, um, I'm not just going to be the guy who's, uh, chopping shallots in the back yeah. all day long and peeling garlic and, and, you know, and, uh, basically taking herbs off of like, it's like, you need someone to know that at some point you're going to learn how to make the noodles. Yeah. I assume, do they make, they make the noodles yeah. there? Yeah. So is that like one of four machines in the world that does, it's like crazy. Yeah. yeah. So like I, if I know I'm working there at some point, I'm going to learn how to make ramen noodles the right way. Yeah. That's a skill. That's right. going to be a good skill to have. You got like, you have to offer people more now. Yeah. You can't just be like, I'm going to pay you. Right. Come and do this. Yeah. There has to be some sort of like you come to my restaurant and when you walk in, you see how everyone is super nice and there's mm. hospital. Like you're going to learn how to do that and you're going to learn how to make focaccia bread and you're going to learn how to roast turkey to the exactly the point. You're going to learn how to make roast beef. You're going to learn how to mm. grind meat. You're going to learn all these things because you're not going to be here forever. Mm-hmm. And wherever you go, hopefully you can take this. But mostly... The idea is I hope that you take learning how to treat other people, learning how to work with other people. Like that's like the key. But like yeah. there's gotta be like a back and forth. It can't just be like I'm paying you. Oh yeah. So you go do this. Cause and I have a feeling back like in the day, like that probably is the way it used to be. Yeah. But like I, it can't be that way anymore. I love gotta offer something. Uh Lauren Markowitz, we had her on as a guest recently. She's um part of the crew down in Amano. And Dude, I love yeah. Amano. Amano is, is my favorite. Is it? It's yeah, yeah. so good. My wife and I have yeah. been there twice, and I swear to God, both times we had the best service, yeah. the best meal. We, we actually, we try and go back, but it's always packed. It's always busy. Yeah. I, lo- I went there once uh, years ago, and we, I didn't have a reservation. We just went in for dinner, and Alex, who's you know one of the owners and part of the family and the chef, um, so Alex and Lauren are boyfriend and girlfriend, been together for years, but... Um, Alex saw me, recognized me as I was leaving the restaurant, walked up to me, shook my hand and said, if you ever come back into my fucking restaurant again without making a reservation, we're going to have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Not that that it's like that high class of a restaurant that you have to have a reservation. It's just, you know, I'm sure he wanted to know. That you were Um, here. Yeah. Uh, and but so, dude, they get busy though. Oh yeah, they do a great job. I, honestly, but like it's it's so it's it's so for people who want to open up a restaurant, mm-hmm. like you need to simplify. Like there was a time in like the '90s, right? It's like you'd had a menu this this long. Yeah, you know, for the listeners, I'm making a big <laughs> space with my hands. It was a big, a huge menu, and you had to do all these different things. And it's like now, I feel like what people want is 
simplicity, yeah. but make it good. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, you're going to make me pasta. I want that pasta to be made in house. Yeah. And I want it to be good. And, I, and if you can use seasonal vegetables, you know, that's what I kind of expect if I'm paying a certain amount of money and I want. Mm-hmm. And guess what? The service, the server doesn't need to be the most knowledgeable wine, you know, sommelier, but yet the server also needs to be kind and, yeah. and, and help me navigate through your menu and, and make me feel comfortable. Right. Simplicity. Like that's, that's all it is. Now in the restaurant, like it's not simple to make ramen noodles. It's not simple to make tortellini in, in mass. You know yeah. what I mean? But in, in terms of like having your staff know what they're doing and having the customer know what to expect. I think like the simplicity right now, that's, that's what I want. I want simplicity and I want expertise. Yeah. You know, it's like Amano, I love their pasta. They make really good pasta. Like I expect that. Right. And I'm happy to pay for it. You know what I mean? And their service staff are really good too. Yeah. Battery die. No. Um, <laughs> He's like, he talks too much. <laughs> uh, no, but Lauren, you know, they come from Philly. They come from high end restaurants at Philly. Yeah. In Philly. And, you know, I asked Lauren, like, what's one of the biggest differences? And the thing that she said was, in Philly, there's five people waiting to take your job. You know, she, they were working at Mark Vetri's restaurants. Nice. They've got four or five people waiting to take their position on the line because it's competitive nature. Around here, you're begging people to come to work. Yeah. Um, you know, and especially in some of the higher end places. I couldn't imagine having it. But, uh, no, it is wild. I mean, seeing, you know, that night at Kasai, Kyle had this idea for chimichurri ramen. Like the noodles were made, you know, with chimichurri. Got and it. I got there like I think thirty or forty minutes before service and I watched him have this great idea and try and figure out how to execute it and get it to work and like go through like four or five versions of like, okay, how am I gonna pull this all together? But it was on the menu, so it was going out one way or the other. And he pulled it together, you know, figured it out at the last second and Five minutes later, they were sitting down and ready for that course. Nice. Um, yeah, it's really. I wish, I, 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 I wish I could figure out a way to document everything that's happening in that space right now with that staff and have it come out the same way as if you're sitting there hanging out there because it, it really is something special. Like so many Italian American restaurants in Syracuse, they all stem from Grimaldi's. Yeah, and yeah. I'm sure one day there's going to be 20 restaurants that exists where either the owners or the chefs stem from Kyle's restaurants. Cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Well, it's, it's, I, you know, I don't know if I see one more chicken riggy, I swear to God, <laughs> I'm like, I can't, I can't. And that's why Amano's good though, because like, I it's feel not, like yeah. it's, it's not your red saucy joint. And is there, I mean, there is a market for red saucy joints for sure. You know, yeah. God bless them. And they're making money and they're packed every night right now. Yeah. There is a red saucy joint that is just turning it turning over. out, yeah. you know, dried pasta with red sauce, some right. sort of Utica green and <laughs> chicken rings. Um, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Yeah. You know, like I said, the idea of business is to make money. That's right. fine. Um, but I love the idea of us kind of pivoting towards something that's a little different than that. Yeah. And to bring it full circle, how people around here are really you know, proud. There's like Mm -hmm. a pride in like some things people root for the, for like the Kasai's people. And I mean, imagine having a customer base, regardless of what industry you're in, where people are rooting for you. Like no one roots for, I don't know, 
whatever company, Johnson and Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? No one's rooting for Pfizer, you yeah. know, like these massive companies. Like, <laughs> but like people might root for Kasai, even like if he has like a little down cycle or something like that. I, yeah. I remember when I opened up, you know, and you open up a restaurant, like you make mistakes, like right. shit happens. Like we had, you know, there we still make mistakes. It happens. Yeah. You try your best not to. But I remember people would come in. And I'd be like, oh, my God, we forgot, like, all four of your orders of fries. Like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you literally live in Jamesville. And you drove all the way back here yeah. to pick up fries. Please, your whole meal is being refunded. Like, mm. I'm so sorry. Yeah. You know? And they would go, no, you need this money. We need you here. Like, I swear to God. <laughs> they would be like, no, 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 no. Let me give you a tip. And I'd be like, we screwed up. We, I am not accepting a tip. You yeah. know, they'd be like, no. And we don't accept tips at the restaurant, actually, because I'm yeah. like, we're a takeout restaurant. Don't give us tips. Just come back. Spend your money again. But like, they'll be like, no, they root mm. for you. Where do you get that? Like, yeah. honestly, like, they want you to do well. It's like the most amazing entitlement that you can have. Yeah. And in a good way. Right. Like, I feel entitled. People are coming in my restaurant and they want me to do well so they can tell their friends, have you been to Peachtree? Mm. You got to go there. They want to be able to say that yeah. with pride and with confidence. It's yeah. crazy. And I'm sure like the whole Kasai thing is the same way. Yeah, there's that's one thing Central New York really takes a lot of pride in and that's its, its restaurants because that's, you know, our thing. It's our thing around here. Culture so. is cuisine. Yeah. Culture is cuisine. I mean, and we don't have like a specific Syracuse cuisine. No. But I'll tell you that it is so intertwined. What, you know, I mean, I have a southern restaurant in Syracuse, New York. You know what I mean? Like, but the fact that people know where I'm from and I'm from here and that I am working my ass off to make really good food and really good hospitality. And people are like, boom, that's Syracuse culture. Like, hardworking, good food you know, doing it the right way, you know, having a happy staff. Like, yeah. people love that stuff. Yeah. It's hmm. important. I think it's important. It's yeah. important anywhere you go, whether you're across the world or whether you're in Philadelphia or New York City or whatever. That right. stuff, it makes a difference. It's yeah. important. Food. Hmm. That's what, that's my, Maybe that's part of my why. It's because food. Food is so important. Yeah, it's... Um yeah, it really is. It's uh, You can learn a lot from a place by the the restaurants that they focus on and that you hear the most about. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, tell people where they can find you if they don't know already. Thank you. Uh, shameless plug here. Uh, peach tree sandwich company. There is a peach tree, www.peachtreesandwichco.com. We're in the middle of DeWitt, uh, East Genesee Street. We're right in the same plaza as the UPS store, Dosa Grill, mm -hmm. um, right across from Tops, right across from the firehouse in DeWitt. We do, uh, you can order online on our website for delivery or for uh, pickup, or you can call us. Um, you can always ask for me if you have any questions about our menu. Um, and uh, we, I love talking. If, if you couldn't tell already, <laughs> if, you, if you're still around, listener, uh, if you can't tell, I love talking about food. And so um, I'm always willing to have a great chat about what, you, uh, what people like and what they don't like and, and how, we can, how we can, you know, further our relationship of me serving you food that can make you happy and, and make your family happy. That's kind of the deal. Yeah. Well, David, thank you so Dude, much. Thank you. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, there it is, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, whatever platform you're listening to this on, make sure that you subscribe to the platform, to the podcast. That way you'll be updated the moment a new episode is released. And don't forget to leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the podcast. You can also, you know, if it's easier, one thing you could do, 
Every Monday morning, we're releasing our new episodes. They're just right at eatlocalnewyork.com. You can go there, click on the episode, and there you can either watch it on our YouTube channel right there from our website, or you can listen to it on whatever platform that you prefer. And uh, just a really easy way to find not only our podcast, but all of our content, our blogs, our new video series. And it's, it's, uh, it's, gonna, it's really cool. You should go check it out. It's a new website that we just launched. You can also pick up your Eat Local New York card there, or you can uh, find the list of 160 plus participating restaurants that we have on the card. And you can also get your tickets to the Sangria Crawl. Well, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We're going to catch you next week right here on the Eat Local New York podcast. <laughs>